Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And today will be a little bit of uh, a chance for us to talk about the offseason, kind of switching that offseason mode for the Vikings. Uh, and again, lots to happen here, but kind of just thought it'd be a neat chance to look at where things sit, both from uh, cap space, both from a draft pick standpoint, uh, mm -hmm. and also maybe just gives us a little bit of a chance, especially with not that they have a clean slate really, but there is mm -hmm. right now nothing's happened. Uh, so we get a chance to really think about and see where this team may go. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do today is, is talk about uh, a few of those factors as we think about where the Vikings are going here. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it, right? But, you know, shoehorning the caveat in there that, like, this is a moving target, right? So it's like we could say with accuracy, you know, this is where the Vikings stand with their picks, with their their salary cap space, with, you know, whatever it is, this many players on their contract, and things happen, things change, right? And they inevitably will change um, almost as certain as anything is certain so uh this is kind of where we stand as of we're recording on friday I think this comes up monday and so even over the weekend it could change a bit but this is kind of a good kind of general overview we hope of kind of where they find themselves in terms of their resources and assets yeah so maybe let's start with the draft uh again we've got a few weeks or a few months really to go yep. until we get there uh but we have a sense of where the Vikings are at. And again, if you actually, yeah. uh, this information you can find in different places, but the best place to find it is over at purpleptsd.com. <laughs> yeah, hey, there uh, you go. Uh, Kyle has written a piece, the Vikings draft pick war chest, a three-year outlook. So not yeah. only do you get 2024, but you get 2025 and 2026. Yes. Uh, all for the same price. Um, all, for the, all for the same click. Yes. So, so total number of picks the vikings have is nine and yeah uh certainly there can be some encouragement there because it's greater than seven uh yeah, which is right. traditionally what you have if you don't trade anyone um so glass half full you might look at it like that you got nine picks and you've got pick number 11 which is uh, a great opportunity to pick a real star uh mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to be critical or, or look at a little bit glass half empty, uh, the bulk of the picks come later in the draft. Uh, you get, yeah, that's right. Maybe just for people that, uh, uh, just as a recap, they've got their own first, their own second, the, the Vikings own fourth and Detroit's fourth. Uh, and then rounds five to seven, they don't have any of their own picks, uh, but they've got two fifths, both Kansas city and Cleveland's they've got. Uh, in the sixth, they've got Carolina, which is via Jacksonville, uh, and New England sixth, and then they've got Arizona seventh. Uh, yep. So maybe just initial thoughts and assessments as to what the Vikings have here with with all these picks. So one fun fact, and I'll have to double check this to make sure it's right. I believe the only so Quasito Fomenza has made sixteen picks. He made ten selections in twenty twenty two, and that has not aged particularly well. And then he's made six selections in 2023, and that has done quite a bit better. Um, I believe the only selection 
from like Minnesota's organic original slot was for Jordan Addison, 23rd overall. I believe every other pick, the other 15 selections, uh, you know, resulted in trade. They were originally owned by another team, right? Um, so expect this trend to more or less continue, right? But it is exciting to look at it and say they own the 11th pick and they own the, they own the 42nd pick, right? And so those are two obviously very valuable selections. There's going to be potential to pick. Almost guaranteed, almost guaranteed, there's going to be an all-pro level player at 11th overall, right? It's identifying who that guy is, bringing him into your, your program and developing him properly, right? Almost guaranteed there's going to be an absolute stud there. Very good chance at 40 seconds, there's going to be an absolute stud there, right? Maybe maybe not an all-pro, I, I don't know. As you go down, it becomes less and less likely that you find that guy, Um but there's going to be a stud, a very, very, very good football player. Uh, can you identify who he is and then bring him to your team and, and you know, allow him to shine, right? So that that just the, that kind of bare bone fact is is exciting. And if you look at the history of like the 11th pick over the past 10 to 20 years, like there's been some like phenomenal, tremendous, like J.J. Watt, Marshawn Lattimore, down the line like tremendous tremendous players who uh could really really supercharge your team obviously everybody's thinking 11th you're thinking qb i think justin fields can you double check that sam i think he might have been chosen 11th in 2011 or 12 yeah like honey's kind of, right within that range um you can choose a great quarterback at 11th right uh or alternatively you could leverage that 11th pick you know toss in some of your nine and the whole point of doing the three-year outlook for the draft picks, 2025, 2026, I mean, these are the resources that Quasi will draw on if he wants to jump into the top five, right? Yet, Yes, he'll kind of plunder from his picks in 2024. That's going to be part of it. But it will almost certainly involve 2025, maybe 2026, depending on how high you go. The whole point of the three-year outlook is that an NFL GM is not only concerned about just the picks he has right now as important as those are those those are the priority right now for sure but if trading is part of the the business plan and in a pair of drafts Quasito Fomenza has made nine trades in two drafts right so expect more right is what I'm trying to say you know this is what he has so go ahead and look at 2025 and 2026 as well if you're interested and then that kind of gives you a sense of uh, what kind of firepower stands behind the GM and if you have that dude slide let's say the fifth right the chargers at five look like a great trade partner i know everyone's thinking this way just because they are they already have their qb of the future and justin herbert right so if one of the qbs so you got drake may caleb williams they're almost assuredly gone in the first three picks Jaden daniels looks like the next guy and so if, if teams determine that he is the next guy and a potentially a long-term qb1 and he slides to five the chargers i assume are going to be a very 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 popular team and i can only assume that many teams are already laying the groundwork for what that move up the board could look like right and and the vikings perhaps being one of them and so just kind of keep this all in the back of your mind this kind of like they probably want a future guy you know this is a new gm new head coach i know dustin baker talks about this a lot in vikings territory you know generally speaking like a new regime they like building around their dude. Like they, they like drafting a high guy. 
and 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 you know kind of putting their careers in a sense on, on this person and it's like and that honestly makes a lot of sense right like even if you bring cousins back for two three years um on the one hand that's a really long time in the nfl on the other hand it's really not that long right so i i just wouldn't be shocked if they do both right i think we discussed before and then you just kind of look at these kind of pivot points in the draft of where realistically where could the vikings go you know, to get their man, there's going to be a real small chance they could get one of those top three picks just because Chicago probably not that interested in doing business with you, but we've seen them trade with both Detroit and Green Bay on the, in the draft. So we'll see, but they're probably not that interested given that they're going to be giving you potentially a franchise quarterback. And then you have New England and Washington, both of whom are in search of a franchise quarterback. So getting into the top three seems very unlikely. Arizona at four, Los Angeles Chargers at five. That's where it feels possible, um, if that's kind of your thing. Or alternatively, I wrote, I wrote some purple PTSD about this, uh, some sort of headline saying, like, the quarterback you absolutely have to avoid the first round is the one who's not worthy of the draft slot. Just don't reach just because the quarter, quarterback is so important. If you can get J.J. Watt at 11, freaking get J.J. Watt at 11. I mean, if, if the franchise QB is there and you really believe he's your guy, then, then great. Like the quarterback is always the most important, but if he's not, and if you see an all pro pass rusher, potentially, right. If you see that level of player, then dude, just get that player and swing back around the quarterback next year or, or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Like uh, figure it out. Don't, don't draft the bus. Don't force it just because QB is important would be For sure. a major, major takeaway from some of the Vikings pass decisions potentially. At, at quarterback and with whom they've selected yeah no i again like it's i i think you could look at it and say well certainly it'd be nice to avoid the bus and if you can do that you do that but like i think yeah. you you can look back and sometimes there are teams that end up looking really smart and proving everyone wrong uh yeah. but uh there is a lot of people that put a lot of assessment into these guys uh and there are times when as you said people reach because of they're looking for a position, especially in your pick number 11. Um, again, we can talk about the whole team needs versus best player available and go through that debate. Um, yeah. Get the pick right uh, is really what we're saying. Uh, is really 100%. just at, at the end of the day what what you want. And um, let, me, let me ask this, because I think as you're talking, maybe just as we wrap up the draft talk, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of talk about moving up in the draft. Uh, I think there's also yep. the opportunity and, and likelihood that they stay where they are. Um, yep. Is there any way that it makes sense for them to move down? And again, it's a yeah. simple question because yeah. like, certainly it depends on how the draft board comes out, but uh, like it's, there's always felt like it, there's less of an appetite for that. And especially when you pick number 11, it feels like that's yep. less so as well. Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, and let me pull up the Vikings archive here on PTSD and go to the trade tracker. Um, so back in the day, back in 2022, the Vikings owned the 12th pick and the 46th pick. 12, 12 and 46. They now own 11 and 42. Not identical, but, you know, you know kind of similar, right? The Vikings took 
12 and 46, traded it away to the Detroit Lions for 32, 34, and 66, I believe, right? And 34th ended up getting swapped with the Green Bay Packers and you know, so on and so forth. And then one of those picks from the Packers ended up getting traded again to Indianapolis. And so there's, you know, there's various kind of steps in this. Um, but that trade ended up going extraordinarily poorly. Um, things could still reverse and still end up being positive because we're still dealing with young football players who could keep developing and are, in reality are very talented. Um, but as of right now, that decision looks stunningly bad. And in the moment, a lot of people were saying, holy crap, that decision was stunningly bad. How do you drop 20 slots in the first round and not pick up a future first? How do you not pick Kyle Hamilton, who's an absolute friggin' stud? Um, now, 11 and 42, you don't have to package those and nor do you have to drop 20 slots in the first rounds, right? You don't have to do something so dramatic. You can go from 11 to 14 and, you know, and hopefully pick up an extra mid-round pick in the process, right? Or whatever the case may be, right? And if that's the case, then so be it. I think a lot of Vikings fans would be able to stomach that. And like, yeah, so be it. that's fine. Especially if, you know what I mean? Like, especially if that that quarterback who you're so confident in isn't there. Um, he just got scooped up you know, wherever you got scooped up, eighth overall, right? And then you're thinking, frick, okay, so maybe you drop back. And that's and that's fine. He's the, you know, Quasi's the value GM. You know, he he likes scanning more assets, i.e. draft picks, right? And so it's possible. But I, it's, it's, there, there could very plausibly be very negative feelings amongst Vikings fans if, if, if there's a bit of a repeat, in a sense, of a very dramatic drop down. Yeah. Um, because that has happened not too long ago, and it has not done in Minnesota any favors. No, no, certainly one of the uh, those big first moves that Quisi did, yep. and uh, so far, again, it's not not impossible that things could change, yep. but so far, uh, not been encouraging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we'll say yep. that. Uh, let, let's switch over. So we got the draft, and then. Again, now we're also talking about, and there's lots of conversation about uh, yeah. what this team does. And uh, because we are in a cap world, uh, there is a salary yeah. cap to navigate. Uh, and right now, if you go to over the cap, the Vikings are projected uh, right now with $26.3 million uh, mm-hmm. of cap space. But I think uh, everyone will say, and and we acknowledge this is an incomplete picture uh, for a few different reasons. Um, yeah. And even the Vikings certainly have some ability to change that number just with uh, guys in-house and even guys that are on yeah. contracts. We've mentioned Justin Jefferson before uh, yeah. to change some of these numbers. Uh, you've also got Kirk Cousins right now as the leading cap hit at 28.5 but yet mm-hmm. is not actually signed uh, to yep. a contract to play for this team. Uh, just kind of the way that yep. this, the contract's set up. So maybe just touch on that, especially I think it certainly is interesting at the top of the of the chart, kind of some of these players and where they're at. Um, but mm-hmm. as you assess where the Vikings are in terms of cap space, uh, what are some important mm-hmm. factors you, you're considering? Okay. So Sam's caution is is wise. Sam is usually wise. Um, 26.3 million is what OTC currently says. 
OTC is not gospel. It's not the same thing as the NFL official number, but OTC tends to be a, a pretty good authority uh, on, on cap space. And and uh, they do pretty good work. So, and I'll, I'll write about this over the weekends. Consider two moves that seem very obvious and and not really that controversial. Assume let's just let's just I, I, a lot of Vikings fans don't want this to happen, and that makes sense because he's still an excellent player. Assume though that Harrison Smith gets cut. Okay, that would free up almost eleven point four million. Okay. Assume then that Justin Jefferson gets extended. That that's the one that really should have no controversy, right? This whole trade, Justin Jefferson stuff, is is nonsense. Um, extending Justin Jefferson would free up almost fourteen point nine million. If 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 you take just a, a Harrison Smith cut, which seems like a, an option at least, and then a Justin Jefferson extension, which seems like most Minis- you know, people in Minnesota that's their dream. Uh, take take those two numbers together, and you've just almost perfectly doubled Minnesota's cap space. You've, you've almost got basically 26 million from those two moves. 26 million you currently have. You smush them together and you basically got 2 million bucks. Right? That's before potentially restructuring Brian O'Neill's deal. You know what I mean? And, and saving almost 9 million. That's an option. That's before extending Harrison Smith. Right? Sorry, Harrison Smith. Excuse me. Harrison Phillips, the other Harrison. Right. right. Yeah. Sorry. My bad people. Right. You could potentially extend him there. You could save some money there, uh, upwards of 4.3 million. You could do the same with Byron Murphy. You could extend him as well. He's going into the final year of his deal and save 6.38 million. Right. And so that's not even. So, yes, there are cut options. And that is one way of kind of liberating cap space. You can cut people. Okay. Um, Harrison Smith is a cut candidate. Dean Lowry is a cut candidate. Uh, the Vikings will be considering these options. There are also extension candidates. Byron Murphy and Harrison Smith both seem likely to at least be approached with an extension. Same thing for Justin Jefferson, right? Kirk Cousins, that $28.5 million that we're seeing, that is as a result of his signing bonus, prorated signing bonus, all kind of accelerating into 2024, right? So if you actually like click into his contract, you can see that he's got 10.25, 10.25 stretched out between 2024 and 2025, and then 4 million and 4 million stretched out between 2026 and 2027, right? So a signing bonus, the NFL says it has to hit the cap sometime. And if the player is still actively on his contract, you can spread it out over that deal, kind of lessen the year-to-year cap hit. And a lot of teams use it very effectively to kind of give themselves breathing room. However, if you eliminate that contract, right? If... He gets to the end, like this situation with the void years, where if you cut him, that signing bonus, which was spread out before, it all kind of shrinks up into that one year and has to take the cap space from that year where you end the contract, right? It has to get, you know, factored into the accounting somehow, right? I, I, some people might still find that confusing. Point, point being that, you know, you could extend Cousins and restretch out that signing bonus, right? And 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 do so hopefully with some, uh, you know, some more cap flexibility for your team, right? So the Vikings really have uh, quite a few options to kind of, you know, jack that number up, like really get that much higher, right? And so, and even just even with just really obvious moves like extending Justin Jefferson, right, or potentially cutting your soon-to-be thirty-five-year-olds, 
safety who is going to make more than $19 million or account for more than $19 million. Right. So again, not that you necessarily want that to happen. Uh, not even necessarily you should do that. It's maybe, maybe you should just approach them with a pay cut or some sort of rework deal to keep them around because the secondary is so unbelievably young. Keeping a Harrison Smith makes a lot of sense, right? You know, having a Gandalf in there makes a lot of sense. Um, but there's options there, a lot of options there, in fact. And within those options, you also have a GM who, in his end of season press conference, said this is going to be a big offseason, and he knows it. And then you also have a head coach who, while basically saying that Brian Flores is coming back, said, uh, we just can't wait to to, to keep upgrading the personnel and, and to give him more talent, right? And so you have both the GM and the head coach kind of both saying, like, we're going to do stuff here, right? And so you can see the money. You can see the roster needs, right? And yes, some of that talent is going to come via the draft, but some of the talent is going to come via free agency as well. And one of the ways that GMs offset large deals for your free agents, for your internal talent, is by drafting a lot of guys because they have cost-controlled deals and you get good value a lot of times on those deals. So having a lot of draft picks kind of allows you to go big game hunting in free agency, right? Because you're, you're kind of doing this where you may have one guy, maybe, maybe like a disproportionate amount of the cap, but you have these other guys here who are contributing in meaningful ways, hopefully, if you nail your draft picks, right? And they're making this kind of like artificially low amount, right? And so you kind of you kind of balance it this way. And so you can kind of see how this might all kind of coalesce Vikings are at least hoping and their fans are hoping that's all going to kind of coalesce into what is a very dynamic roster for 2024. And it will have to be a very dynamic roster given some of the success you're seeing in the NFC North, right? So a lot of potential, a lot of potential. I mean, it, it comes down to good decisions, right? And, and, and making wise choices, developing the talent you have. Players are obviously taking ownership of things and, and pushing themselves, working hard, all that stuff. So basically like, Get all those things kind of wrap it together, and we'll see. But there, there's a lot of potential. This isn't like past off seasons where you're saying, "Holy crap, how are they going to even, you know, get back to even par?" You know what I mean? Let alone sign guys. Like they are already in a pretty okay spot, and they have some very obvious moves to get from okay to like we can throw money around, kind of level. For sure. Yeah. No. If you look at again incomplete picture right now and every team you have to go team by team in terms of really figuring out uh their unique situations but strictly from a projection standpoint at this point the vikings are in the top half of the league uh in terms of just where over the cap has them in terms of cap space um and again people can uh you could be a little bit doom and gloom but uh, at least you're not the saints um <laughs> yeah who are projected right now to be $82 million over the cap, um, which is stunning. Uh, just something special. Stunning. Yeah. Um, good. Well, maybe we'll wrap up there. Um, unless you have one thing, I guess I was, I, I, I don't want to cut you off. I don't know if there's one thing you're particularly have an eye out for, or I uh, want to make some kind of bold prediction or uh, one noteworthy piece that you're thinking about in the offseason a whole bunch of different questions there yeah uh, right what, well we yeah we we kind of talked about this a little before coming on i'll say so 2022 is signs of darius smith you're trying to get a running mate for you're trying to get a vice president to president hunter right so they signed darius smith that was kind of good he played 
quite well, in fact, but then he demanded a trade. You then fast forward a year, and and then they sign Marcus Davenport, who makes some sense in that he's so young and so talented, and that didn't work out. And so now here you're going back into free agency, more money than normal. You have guys like Brian Burns, Josh Allen, and so on available. And, and of course, you know, Hunter himself is going to be a free agent if there's not a new deal. So you just kind of see, will they go back again to this familiar pattern of trying to add another pass rusher? Um, any team that's really serious about competing, this is too bold of a statement, but you really should have two at least, at least two, ideally more. It's like having a strong center in hockey, right? Like you really, it's, it's, I mean, it's great to have one. That, that's great. Don't 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 lose that guy. But it'd be amazing to have that second, you know, top six center, right? And it's the same thing with pass rushers, right? Like having a pair, it's so vital. And so I've got a I've got a keen eye on 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 kind of what Quasi does in that yeah. kind of following that pattern through. Yeah, yeah. No, knowing you, I know like certainly if they hit in the quarterback position, that would be an, encouraging. But if they could, if they're not taking a quarterback, I feel like pass rusher, rusher for you is. Uh, I would an... build this team the way that Mike Zimmer tried to build. I, he was a bit more corner heavy. I, I would be a bit more pass rusher heavy, but. It'd be defense first. Left, yeah. left up to me, and thank God it isn't. No, but that would be uh, that would be an early Christmas birthday present. It would make you yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, it just does. I know it's it's been something you push for. Um, uh, just as you watch this team and, and think about this team, uh, to have this, and you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now. Uh, you've mentioned before San Francisco. Uh, that is um. It certainly changes the ability for your defense to do stuff, especially if you think about yeah. having um, Brian Flores again uh, yeah, and having some some dudes that can get after the quarterback. Uh, be a lot of fun yeah. to watch. So good. We'll we'll yeah. wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope people are enjoying uh, playoff football. Uh, we'll be mm-hmm. back following week. Uh, and uh, yeah, take care everyone, and we'll we'll be back soon. Thanks. Bye.